Welcome to the original vegan business talk with myself, Shane Jeremy James, where I discuss life-changing business advice with vegan companies who are making a true difference in the world. Hey everybody, welcome back to the next episode. And today we have two very special guests, not just one, Stacy and Marcus. And they kind of term the frame, uh, the term, the phrase, your vegan family, correct? Correct. correct. I like that. Well, welcome. Thank you so much for being on. It's a pleasure to be here and we really appreciate you and all that you're up to. Yeah, awesome. thank you, Shane. Yeah, you're so welcome. So a little bit about both of them. Uh, Stacy helped thrive through a healthy lifestyle uh, through consultations and programs for 30 years. She earned her master's degree in acupuncture, is a licensed East Asian medicine practitioner and yoga instructor. Marcus earned a, ah, man, I got it. I'm not going to get it right. Molecular, <laughs> no, I didn't. I was like, close. Yeah. biology. Oh, I did it. I should have just pretended I knew it. <laughs> biology degree from uh, MTI, MIT Massachusetts Technology. He's worked in health, uh, healthcare as a consultant, uh, emergency medical technician, and yoga instructor. He's been vegan since 1994. Wow, so you're like one of the OGs of the whole. <laughs> <laughs> After decades of natural exploration from 120 feet below the seas to 20,000 uh, foot peaks and throughout more than 60 countries, Stacy and Marcus reside on a small island in the Salish Sea with their two boys, Nico and Oron. Did I get that one right? Orion. Orion, right? Geez, these names with you guys, man. I should have been studying this for an hour before this one. <laughs> You're doing great. Thank All you. Right. Thanks. And they've been also vegan since conception. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. You'd, I'll admit, you don't see that a lot. Right. Yeah. And so thriving. That's amazing. I love that. So tell me a little more about you guys. How, how, how did you guys get to where you are today? And then even talk about raising your kids vegan too I like that so let's start with you guys well you know when you're over 50 that's a really long answer <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah the cliff notes <laughs> right, right. Um, well as you said you know I have been an acupuncturist for 30 years and done health consultations and we've traveled extensively and you know we came together a few years ago and went okay what do we want to create together and we looked at our boys and, you know, we wanted to do something that could be a family affair because, you know, creating strong families really central, uh, central core value for us. And we thought, well, what do we all do together every day? We all eat together every day. We love our food. We love plant-based eating. Um, the boys eat everything. There's not a plant, nut, seed, vegetable, anything that they don't devour. Um, and so that inspired us. We thought, hey, we can do this because it ties in all of the things that are important to us. You know, mother nature and the environment, um, best, the best health that we could give them. And we wanted to share all of our life experience, pay it forward. And I think we, you know, really try to instill in our boys, you know, a values driven life that there, you, you need to have a reason to get up every morning and something that's driving you. Um, and I think, you know, part of my background and Stacy's as well as we've been, we've worked in the areas of environmental conservation. And I was the regional director for a Marine Conservation Society here in the Sailor Sea for about five years. 
And it was really rewarding work to, you know, work on everything from salmon recovery to uh, the southern resident killer whales, which are one of the most endangered species here in the United States. But it almost feels a little bit like um, missing the apex predator in any ecosystem that you would choose, where when, you know, the top predator on land, the top mammal or the top predator in the sea is missing, the ecosystem generally is extremely unhealthy. And I think that for me, you know, recognizing and thinking about, well, how could we make the biggest difference? Um, one meal at a time, day by day, is really how we want to try to change the world. And sharing the way we eat and why we eat that way really felt like we were taking a step up to really working at the top of the problem as opposed to somewhere down the way, because climate change right now is we're at a very fragile time on planet Earth. And I think that most Americans don't recognize that without 18% oxygen in our air and clean air, we don't live very long. You know, without a very tight temperature range, we don't live very long. And the world and planet Earth is going to survive, but it's going to be a question of whether we're here to witness that or not, because our lives are extremely fragile. And so I think that for us, and especially with the way that we're choosing to raise our boys vegan since conception as well, the way we eat has been a foundation for our energy, has been a foundation for our creativity. It's driven our mental function. It's allowed us to start businesses and be entrepreneurs. It's allowed us to really um, kind of forge ahead through life without the drawback of dis-ease in any way. We're seldom unhealthy. Uh, and I think that that is something that we experimented with in our boys as well. And we've drawn our own blood and we've drawn, drawn their bloods as well and looked at different vitamins and mineral levels to make sure that we're doing the right thing because it's easy to question yourself, especially when some people might do that in a negative way and look at what you're doing in a negative way. And, you know, our boys are thriving in every way. They're accelerated in school. They're super active. They're very gregarious. Um, and, you know, by every level and every method that we can test their health, they're amazingly robust and vital. And so, um, it's something that we're very passionate about, and we're maybe not all meant to be vegans, although we would like everybody to be a vegan, but every single meal that we eat is an opportunity for us to express our value and for us to try to make a difference here on the planet, because the natural world is what supports all of us. Yeah, that's amazing. There's so much stuff that in both of you guys, what you just said there, you know, I, when you look back, when you really think about, you know, I just seen a, a lady that, you know, barely eats you know, any meat or seafood or anything and she i think she just lived she was 120 i didn't see that <laughs> so when you think about it like somebody can live 120 you look back and they could live before 40 or 130 or 40 i mean we should not be dying at like 70 years old 80 years old you know 60 years old right it just doesn't make any sense and dying at that age with the last 10 years prior to that being severely yeah. compromised quality yeah. of life and so maybe you die at 80, but you probably really died at 65 because you were incapable of doing and maintaining the same energy level and being as active as you were before. And, you know, I think like National Geographic proved in their Blue Zone study, when they've gone around the planet and found the places where people have habitually lived to be greater than 100 years of age, without a compromised quality of life and you look for those key success factors that they found in okinawa japan and you know in costa rica and greece and italy and loma linda california these people are predominantly eating a plant-based diet yeah. um and so that's yeah. it's it's not a secret right right i agree by the way that's a good book the blue zone i think everyone should read it 
It's right Absolutely. back here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Love it. Those <laughs> are over there. Yeah. <laughs> right. I also love what you brought up the point too about you know, with you guys right, being on the ocean too and stuff and the sea life, I almost feel like that's the last kind of area that has come along. Like everybody always thinks of meat and chicken and, you know, different factory farms and stuff. But the general population, you don't hear them talk a lot about like, you know, the fish and not having enough, you know, and that, you know, all of a sudden being gone, you know, all of a sudden we're going to have no, fi no fish left and stuff like that like you, I just don't hear that talk enough about that area yeah you know I, I think part of that is that it's hard to go fish observing you know you can go observe wildlife but you know right. unless you're a scuba diver and even then there you know unless you're going up into Canada or Alaska and in these rivers you're not going to see salmon yeah so yeah. most people don't have that opportunity um you know, and that's one of the things that um, I've gotten to do in Marcus too. He's gone up the inside passage in small planes. We've gone in boats. And so we've seen this firsthand and, and work with First Nations people to um, try to prevent the salmon farming and to work with some of the old growth logging to try to stop that. Because I think like human health, if the baseline is strong, if you have a strong foundation you know, anything is possible. Like you have potential if you have energy and you can focus and you have stamina and you're not dealing with disease. You know, you could kind of do anything, right? And same with the environment. And if, you know, if we can make a difference to help with the baseline health of the environment, um, then all things become possible for humans and, and wild creatures and ecosystems that are, you know, so important for us to foster for future generations. So true. I love that. I just heard Mark Cuban come out and say that he now went full vegan. Uh, oh, and, yes. and, his, and his main reason was that I need to start making the environment better for my kids for the next generation. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, in the heels of the conversation that we were having earlier on, too, I think, you know, the whole COVID situation worldwide has been a pandemic and a really challenging situation for everybody, but none more so in any cohort of the population than young kids. And, you know, the, the situation that we've had the past two years has really been detrimental for them, you know, at an intellectual and mental development level, at a social level. And I think that we'll continue to find probably at a physical level as well. But the bigger issue, you know, the bigger part of the iceberg problem that we have underneath is the climate change and the rate of degradation that we have in the natural world right now is far exceeding the rate of positive change by wonderful people like yourself and other organizations that are really trying to make a difference, but we need to have a much greater collective effort. And I think, you know, I love people like Greta Thunberg, Swedish teenager who comes to Congress in the United States and says, you know, we, we have got to mitigate climate change and we've got to meet some goals, especially in these industries that, and we've got to set these goals and we've got to achieve them as quickly as possible. Right. And it was really interesting to see after she addressed Congress, I guess this was three or four years ago now, you know, all these polls on radio stations and TVs came out and, you know, people want to try to do something to make a difference. I think we're hardwired to want love and light and positive change and health and well-being. And, you know, the top thing that seemed to come back time and time again are the steps that you can change in addition to kind of mitigating your waste and looking at plastic usage was eat as many plant-based meals as possible. And so I think, you know, for us here at Your Vegan Family, and uh, and thank you for all the work that you're doing as well, you know, we want to try to change the world one meal at a time. 
Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's just such so important. And you know, I it's interesting you you know brought up like climate change because you know it's something like it's almost like another one of the last things that people seem to talk about, right? That you know, at least I know in Vancouver, you know, people around me they just don't take it that serious, right? It's ah, uh, it's going to be here, no problem. But this is very interesting. When we had that crazy heat wave, do you, I don't know if you guys had it. Did you guys have it too? We so, did, yeah. So when we had that, so it was like whatever, four days or whatever. I've never, never, like I was out walking our York at 5 a.m. and I was still dripping sweat. It was so humid in Vancouver. Yeah. It never happened here like that before. And that's the first time where I heard everybody now starting to talk about climate change. Like I've never, like people that normally never even mentioned anything to me started talking about it. And so that really lit a fire under everybody when that happened. It got real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Without a personal experience, it's really hard to talk about something that's so big and so amorphous that's difficult to define until you are able to define it in the way that it affects you. And, you know, to go back to what you mentioned a little while ago, Jacques Cousteau was, you know, our hero growing up. I mean, we grew up in the 60s and the 70s, and he was diving places that had never been dived before and, you know, really exploring the 70% of the planet that unfortunately the vast majority of people don't ever get to see. Well, if you don't see something and you don't have a visceral personal experience with it, mm-hmm. it's very hard to care about it. It's very hard to understand it in any way. Um, and it's very hard then to want to go out and try to protect it or try to you know, mitigate negative change or introduce some positive change in some way as well. And so, you know, unfortunately, I think we're as two legged creatures on this planet. You know, we can be told time and time again that something's hot. But I think we need to stick our hand <laughs> in the fire before we yeah. really are re- willing and ready to listen to the, to the signs from nature that have been around, you know, they've been around for centuries actually, but from Rachel Carson's Silent Spring to all the books that have been written around nutrition in the 1950s, you know, this is a problem that's been here for quite some time and it's now reached a critical stage where I, I don't even know if we could change it yeah, in a way yeah. that would be beneficial with us if we got the majority of people working on it, but we all need to come together and, uh, and really try to put our best effort forward. What do we do if 80% of the population is walking around unconscious? <laughs> we, feed, we, we, work. we feed them such great plant-based food that it wakes them up and to go, wow, there are options that I like. You know, we have to work, we have to work even harder. And I think that, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you today because we try to instill in our boys, you know, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania in the 1970s and the Steelers won four Super Bowls. And whether you like pro sports or whether you like the NFL, you know, it was a time when the steel industry in the United States that had built the infrastructure, uh, you know, based on pricing in Japan had basically crashed and everybody had lost their jobs and the rivers were polluted, but the Steelers were still winning championships. (laughs) And so that was the positive thing that people talked about. And I think that what we try to tell our boys over and over again is life is a team sport. Nobody is going to make it through life on their own. And the more that we make the connections and the more that we come together and the more that we have these types of conversations that we're having with you, with people that we don't know, the the more that we build a bigger team. And it's really one person at a time, just like it's one meal at a time as well. So true. You know, as soon as COVID hit, I sat down to my team and I was like, Perfect. It gives us time to restructure and let's do like hundreds of Zoom meetings meetings, and let's connect with people we normally wouldn't connect with. We literally have done, I don't know how many, you know, 80, 90, 100. And I've 
we've I have relationships with people I never would have had because we can move through faster, talk faster. We're not traveling. We've we've done lots of business with people we normally didn't know. We've built new friendships. People have traveled to Vancouver to meet us. We've went like it's just been crazy. And so you know the Zoom is like we just pivoted and yeah. it was it was a it was a blessing actually you mm. know for us. So lot somebody asked me on the last podcast you know like oh so. COVID was a hard time for everybody. And I said, well, I mean, for us, you know, we <laughs> kind of turned it around and we used it real beneficial for yeah. us. Yeah, it's that and, lemons and lemonade thing. Yeah, it's you true. Know, so did we. If we went from, you know, working one person at a time in a clinical situation to how can we put all of our knowledge online and offer it to the entire world? Um, you know, so COVID again, you know, it's that that nice little incubation period where you got to go in and create anew and emerge as um, a participant on the world scale instead of just local. We started a gap year travel program down in Central America to take uh, 18 to 25 year old young adults to learn Spanish and do community service work in Mayan Pueblos and developed a homestay network and you know paid the Mayans to actually house the students so they had a very authentic experience and the Mayans then in most cases took that money and sent their kids to school and so it was a it was a wonderful full service hurrah for everybody but with our students down there we said time and time again life is like photography it develops through the negative and oftentimes if we're totally full and totally satiated and all of our needs are met, we sometimes tend to become a little bit complacent. And it's oftentimes in the turmoil, it's in the darkness, it's in the challenge that we find our deepest and best and most expansive creativity that then allows us to go out and come up with new ideas and new ways of looking at things to solve problems and come together. And so I think, you know, learning how to embrace these challenging situations and find the positive, just like you and your organization have done for all of us, is really important as opposed to trying to run away from them or try to resist them, which only keeps us stuck in the place that we are. Yeah, it's so true. It reminds me of a metaphor. I don't know if I'll get this one right, but it said, you know, a lot of times people that were born on third base, they stay on third base. <laughs> Right. Exactly. It's like, I'm almost home, but not quite. Exactly. Totally. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'll use that one. Thank that's you. Right. That's right. So tell us a little more about your guys's, your business, what you guys are doing now in your business. Well, we are focusing on helping the people who are the change makers in the world, really, the people who are the entrepreneurs, who are excellence driven, purpose, values driven. And we use plant-based solutions, um, diet and lifestyle enhancements that help them uh, build a level of health that they can rely on. So they can like show up to work with their A game every day. And that when they finish work, they're not exhausted. You know, I, I know you know what we're talking about. You know, after work, you still have energy. You can play with your kids. You can go on a hike. Like we want to enhance these people's lives because they're out there doing the work on that leading edge, yeah. you know, guiding the world and influencing millions of people. And we want those change makers, those entrepreneurs to be able to function at their best and to get their best work done. So we are high performance health coaches and we use all plant-based solutions to help people eat more plants and, you know, discover their optimal health right. and possibilities. 
that's amazing. I love that. You know, and it's such a, I think it's such a, so needed in that space uh, because, you know, even a lot of the very successful people that I know, you know, the two things that they want, the first one is more energy, right? If they can get more energy, they can produce more, right? And, right, I'm like, and I laugh because I'm like, bro, you just drove through McDonald's and you told me you want more energy. <laughs> I know, right? Money. I'm like, you know how to make a hundred million dollars, but you're driving through McDonald's and you're still asking me I want more energy, right? Well, I don't <laughs> have time to cook. Yeah, right. totally. And that brings us around to that definition of success. You know, certainly finances are an important part of success because that's part of how we make change and we influence the world. You know, if, if we have millions of dollars, we're going to be giving it away to, you know, some great organizations and supporting the things that we value. But if you don't have the health to enjoy the, you know, the things that you have and to um, have time to enjoy them, you know, I, I don't call that successful. You know, it, it, you have wealth, you have health, um, and you have to have some time in there too, some life balance. It's true. Driving with a friend, I just want to piggyback on that. I was driving with a buddy in his Lamborghini, it's really successful. He's always stressed out. Someone cuts him off, he's stressed out. Come, this is stressed out. And I turned to him and I said, is this really success? And he was like, what do you mean? I said, hey, you get how to make money. But I said, look at your emotions. They're all over the place. You're always stressed out. You're never truly happy. I said, let's, stay, let's take a step back and move away from the money. You get that. Yeah. yeah. You know? and he, and he, and, but he was okay to the advice. And he's come a long way now. And he's much happier now. Nice. So, yeah. Well done. And thank you. And, you know, it's important. I think, unfortunately, we live especially in North America, in a culture that defines success as the amount of money that we're able to make. It's true. Well, you, can make a, you can make a lot of money doing a lot of different things if that's really your goal, but at what cost? Yeah. And so that's the part that we need to look at. You know, I think in a capitalist society as well, we're constantly looking at how do we make more money? How do we make more things? How do we continue to consume? But I, when I grew up, my grandfather took me to the bank in second grade and said, this is how we're going to learn how to save. Right. And those types of values of, you know, how we think about what's the appropriate level of natural resource consumption and what's the appropriate level of wealth for somebody to have and what's the appropriate level of power for somebody to have. You know, what is the definition of success? The definition of success is when we all win, not when I win. <laughs> it's when we all win. And so yeah. and I'm going to come back down to life is a team sport. So we have to look at, and I wish more people that have been highly financially successful, which oftentimes tend to be in the money markets. Um, I wish those people would look at, at what cost does their success come? Because it affects us all, right? Yeah, I'm so true. And we have a responsibility. Yeah, we, we definitely have that backwards in North America. When you can look at the top end, when someone can make a billion dollars and even move into a trip, like who would think someone could make a trillion dollars? You know, we're moving into levels that's unheard of, or a kid mm -hmm. can start an app and make a billion dollars in 60 days. I mean, that, yeah. you know, 40 years, 50 years ago, I mean, that's uncomprehendable, but there's yeah. such a, there's such a difference of that wealth on that side. I mean, if all the wealth on that side from billionaires and all that, they could, they could literally pretty much feed the whole world, just them. Right, just I know. Right there. And right. I mean, if we can work on their consciousness, 
you know, we need clean air and we need clean water. These are facts, yeah. right? Yeah. And so somebody that has that level of wealth and therefore that ability to make change, if we can just get their ear for a moment and help them see the bigger picture, as opposed to just through their lens, but through the lens of the world and the natural environment and all the kids that are going to inherit this earth, you know, maybe we have an opportunity to to change their perspective just a little bit so that they become so that they can start to care about some of the types of things that are going away really quickly. And we need clean air and we need clean water in order to be here, obviously. Yeah, that's so, so true. It'd be interesting to one of my friends is actually good friends with Mark Cuban. I'm going to ask her, ask him why he actually made the decision. You know, like, what, what did he read or what did he hear? Or it would be interesting yeah. to see, like, as you're talking question. about the communication, it'd be interesting to see mm -hmm. what finally made him, you know, where did he get the information from over time? Yeah, because yeah, that, that, you know, then that becomes the catalyst to put that in front of other people, too. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah. and just one person like him, again, who has such influence and such connectivity and such following on social media. And, you know, he's running in circles where there's massive power, massive financial resource and therefore massive influence. You know, a couple of voices like that, you know, change is hard to start, but it can take off like wildfire if the right people are involved. It's true. And I think we're, you know, and that shows we're getting to a time where we are moving forward at a good rate when somebody like that comes out and says that and other people are more influential mm -hmm. like that are looking at the planet and saying, okay, I think even what's her name, just Kylie Jenner, I think, just that that Kardashian sister or whatever, I think yeah. she, she, I think I just seen that she put all her, all her lines now in all vegan, everything. Fantastic. That's so, super. You know, yeah. yeah it's, it all starts with awareness. Sorry. Yeah. And you know, a lot of the people in their 20s, you know, late teens, 20s are very values driven. And so they are choosing to put, you know, when they're buying makeup or they're sourcing clothes, you know, if it's plant based, that is important to a lot of people now. And, and I appreciate that, you know, even if, you know, food and nutrition is not necessarily a big part of their understanding that they are still, you know, it's the largest, fastest growing group of people who are choosing to be plant-based and they may not know how to do it in a way that meets all of their nutritional needs, but at least there's um, the values driven part of it. It's and, true. I, you know, I believe that's coming a long, long way. It is. And, you know, that's another part of what we really focus on. Oh, excuse me. Um, is that, that we want to help people understand how to eat a smart vegan diet. Right. You know, because you know you can live on coca-cola and oreos and say you're vegan and you know we read heaps of scientific studies and they're comparing a vegan diet to you know a vegetarian or pescatarian diet but they don't tell us what the vegans are eating yeah makes it's like sense. how how can we understand the validity of the study if we don't know what the food actually is um so teaching people this foods that actually sustain their energy and their focus and their stamina and how to do that is really important. And, you know, our, our business focus right now is on our project called burn bright, not out because, you know, especially entrepreneurs and people like that, they're going gung ho, they're passion driven. So it's, you know, it's their life. A lot of people are consumed and really want to do this great work, but it's really easy to burn out if you don't take care of your health. And so that's, that's our main focus is teaching people how to eat plant-based, but to do it in a way where their nutritional needs are met, where their health is supported. Um, because just getting, you know, the, 
pretend chicken nuggets and you know things like that. It's not going to do it for you, even though you can say you're vegan. It's true. I love that. And I think that I think you guys are in a white space, by the way. And I think it's hard to carve out white spaces in business. And I think that I think that white space is strong right now because um, you know, even in the vegan market and even with vegans or or not vegans or even people that I know that just eat plant-based or flexitarians or whatever you want to say, they're they don't understand like the the like what's truly healthy, right? So if I go out and I have a beyond the meat burger right that's like my treat right i'm not going to eat beyond the meat burgers every day you know what i mean and that's my vegan diet yeah. right like you that's know that's the processed food moment yeah right that ain't gonna be you know but that's when you go with the boys you know yeah. i get to have my burger you know and that's my kind of treat you know then i'm back home and i'm putting the stuff in me to keep my energy up every day so i can operate at an optimal level right yeah. and i think that is a space right now that is uh I think it's a super white space right now, to be honest. I think that there's not enough people in that space doing it like that. Um, and I think I do. I think you guys are onto something really big if you do it properly. Um, well, we appreciate the positive reflection. And, you know, like yourself, we've eaten vegan for decades. And so it's gotten much easier to eat vegan because there's so many more plant-based options, but it's also gotten trickier, like Stacy said, because I think it's very easy now to say, I'm going to take my hamburger out of my diet and replace it with this plant-based burger. And I'm going to take my chicken nuggets out and my seafood out, and I'm going to replace it with this other highly processed plant food. And really what we need to be eating. And again, what they found in the blue zone diets is these people eat you know, almost 95% vegetables, but beans and legumes mm -hmm. and nuts. These are yeah. the staples of their diet. And meat is used as a flavorizer and it's used as an right. accent maybe in the meal. It's not a 12 ounce focused steak for dinner. Um, and it's interesting to look at, you know, the first question that we practically get from everybody is when we say all <laughs> oh, the boys have been vegan since conception is, well, how are they getting enough protein? Well, I... <laughs> You know, that's an amazing question to ask, because I think here in the United States, if you look at the World Health Organization, if you look at the Food and Drug Administration here, the NIH, you know, somewhere between 50 and maybe as high as 70 grams of protein uh, per person per day is, is what's recommended. But right. in the United States, we eat almost double or in some cases even triple the amount of protein. And if you look at the rates of cardiovascular disease, uh obesity diabetes. cancer diabetes i mean pick practically any disease they're much higher in our country and more and more scientific studies are coming out and showing causality between perhaps eating too much protein and the activation of these types of diseases in the human right. body so you know there's a spectrum there's a balance there's something that we all need you know the interesting thing for me is having eaten vegan for 30 years if your cells are brand new in your body every seven years. It's been four cycles of my entire body since I've eaten meat. And I don't even care for some of these burgers because they, in my distant memory, remind me almost too much of meat. And right. in some cases, they remind me of cat food or, you know, some <laughs> other smells and things that I have. Right. We, we, the, the burgers that we eat very occasionally usually are barley based or black bean based. Or we them. Once again, our grains and beans and, and, uh, you know, I think it's very easy now to get back on the focus <laughs> is to substitute things out, uh, uh, you know, meat side of your diet for highly processed plant food. And that's not the most nutritious and the best way to go about it for you to perform at your peak mental, physical 
yeah. an emotional level as a human being. 100%. You know, I agree so much on that because even when I started looking at, you know, of course I read all the ingredients and everything. And, you know, when I'm looking at certain, uh, uh, I better make sure I don't say anything here. I'm just trying to think, do, do we have any sponsors right now that are <laughs> or stuff that are vegan that, that I don't want to say something wrong here. Um, but um, so, you know, you retake the ingredients and you start to, you know, read, say, you know, for example, beyond the meat, right? Again, I'm not cutting the company down or anything like that. They do a good in the vegan space. They've gotten people sure. to drink over the meat, but it's not your everyday thing that you're going to eat, right? When I can't, when I have to Google some of the ingredients, right? When I have me, like I'm pretty high in the health, when I have to Google a few things, right, to figure it out, um, you know, it shows. And I mean, we just interviewed another girl the other day at a company, uh, the name of the company, but uh, she had a, 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 a plant-based type of product. Which one was it? so many but there was only six ingredients very clean six very yeah. clean right so you pronounce all of them yeah yeah and it's true you could pronounce all of them so i would be like well that would be my go-to daily like i could do that i could do that daily right um so yeah i think we're you know we're really on to something and i think that uh it's great that more people are meeting more plant-based and moving towards that uh and then i think the next level is well, here's what you guys do. That's the next kind of, yeah. uh, you know, next kind of kind of step right. there. Which is kind of funny because, yeah, it's, it's like the next step, um, but also it's a step back to simplicity. Eat across a broad range of whole foods. You know, it, it's about as simple as it gets, but it's True. not so simple for society anymore. And you know, I, I think about people in this big climate change issue and, and how overwhelming that feels to people. And, you know, if if we as business people go, OK, well, I'm going to make four million dollars next year on this product and you don't plan little steps, you don't have strategy and steps to get there. It's just overwhelming and it's not likely to happen. And I think people feel overwhelmed by, you know, climate change and, and big issues in their lives. And a bite of food is something everyone can do. You know, it's a small step. Like if people want to make change and they don't know what to do outside of, you know, perhaps recycling or cutting down on plastic usage, those kinds of things. Um, you know, just eating across a broad range of fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, and legumes and eating a colorful diet. If that's all you do, you're gonna pretty much hit the mark. You know, yeah, there's yeah. there's fine tuning to do depending on your goals. You know, if it's a high performance goal, certainly fine tuning. But, you know, everybody can do that. Yeah, I agree. My friend that was out of um, Silicon Valley helps raise a lot of money for for vegan companies. And it was interesting. She said she was talking about the beauty industry to me. And she said the beauty industry is starting to come a long way. It's one of the fastest growing industries with inside the vegan space. And one of the points she said I found very interesting. And she said, you know, it's interesting, the, view, the beauty industry, people stay more than the food. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, why? And she said, because a lot of the food people come over and they go back because they miss that taste or that flavor or whatever, so they go back. But when you know somebody puts the skincare line or the lip gloss on, they don't go, well, I think I'm gonna go back to killing animals. You know what I mean? Right. Testing on animals, yeah. right? They don't yeah. put like, you know what I mean? It's not, they're not going back for that taste, you know, and not forgetting uh -huh. about that. So I thought that was a very interesting kind of perspective to, to yeah. look at that. And I probably would have actually thought that the food people would have stayed on longer 
than the beauty people. But she said, no, it's not even close. So I found that mm. interesting. Food is very emotional. Yeah. You know, we, we, we eat the way we eat probably because we were fed a certain way. And we were fed a certain way because likely grandma passed down a recipe to mom. In some cases, maybe the man was involved in acquiring food, growing the food, and maybe preparing it as well. But it typically tends to be the woman. Um, and so we, you know, we have our favorite recipes that we ate for the first, you know, 10 or 20 years of our lives in our households, and we ate them on special occasions. And so they have even more rich meaning around them. And so, you know, change changes, we all want quantum results, but quantum change is very difficult for us to handle. And that's why you say a thousand mile journey starts with one step. You don't just automatically get to the end, yeah. you know, you go step by step. And it's, it's that little step, those little steps of change that allow us to make a big difference over time. We're playing a long game here, except that the long game we've been playing has all of a sudden become a very short game <laughs> because the rate of degradation that we've got on planet Earth is so great and so fast. You know, we got to kind of get more people involved and we got to get our A game on all the time with as many people as possible, you know, in order to try to mitigate some of the situations that we're facing in this very fragile time on planet earth. And so, you know, I think from a food perspective, it can be challenging, but what we would say, and sometimes I, I, it's challenging to see people that are very ardent and are very honestly narrow in their perspective for why they're doing a vegan, eating a vegan diet and why they're advocating a, uh, a plant-based diet. And that can turn people away. That doesn't recruit people to your way potentially of seeing it or your way of trying it. If you're very ardent about it and you're kind of pushing people away or because you're, you're, you, you, it's all or none and you're either with me or you're not with me. And we try to be very inclusive around it. I think, you know, right. one meal a week or, you know, one breakfast, one lunch, one dinner a week or, you know, small change over time. Of course, we love the people that are ready to take the drink from the fire hose <laughs> yeah. and jump in whole hog. Those are the ones that we really like to work with oh, because yeah. they're intense and we like intense yeah. people. But for the most part, you know, it has to be incremental small change, one bite at a time, one meal at a time, in order to produce the long-term results that we would all benefit from. And if it's good enough, it, it eventually starts to crowd out the other things. You know, we're, we're far too rebellious to think of a restricted diet. If we felt restricted, you know, it wouldn't work. Um, but, you know, you start to fill in, it's like, okay, I'm going to get my, you know, four fruits a day. All right, now I'm going for those five vegetables. I'm going to get my two tablespoons of nuts. You know, I'm going to get my serving of beans. And pretty soon it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm full. And there's not so much room around the edges to put some of the other things in that don't make me feel good. So but we, we like to support the good stuff so that it pushes out the bad stuff rather than um, having anybody feel restricted in their diet. That's no fun. And we see that with our kids every day, yeah. which is we've, we've intentionally raised our kids around the diet. And that's we've built family around what we eat and acquisition of food. And lots of people will say, well, how can you it's irresponsible or you're reckless to feed your kids a restricted diet and to which we would respond. <laughs> my kids eat better than most adults I see in the United States and they're healthier. They've never been sick. And it's because they eat more fruits and vegetables. They eat more foods than I think if you picked any child off a street here in anywhere's USA and you ask them, what foods did they eat? They'd probably come up with five to 10 foods, pizza, hot dogs, yogurt. pasta, yogurt, 
you know, some bread, bagels, um, chicken cheese nuggets. sticks, chicken nuggets, and you know, <laughs> apple, yeah, carrots. exactly, apples and carrots, and and that's all they eat over and over and over and over again. Well, you know, that's not a very complete diet, right? Um, and so once again, it's the it, it's the broad spectrum, you know, on a regular basis that allows you to obtain all the essential nutrition that you need, all the amino acids that you need, all the minerals and vitamins that you need. And that, you know, in turn allows you to function at every level, body, mind, and soul at your peak. And when you're at your peak, you're happy. And when you're happy, you're connecting and you're bringing in and you're attracting the things that you need in your life to be successful. And if you're right-hearted and value-driven and you're trying to make a positive difference, well, geez, those are exactly the type of people that we want to put as much rocket fuel in them as possible <laughs> so that they can make as much change and be as wildly successful as they can possibly be. Well, and so that's a big motivation for burn bright, not out. That's great. I love that. It's, you know, it's so needed and you guys got to keep educating on that, especially to adults. And it's great because yeah. people can see through your kids, you know, and I don't, you know, they don't understand like you're putting that stuff into your kids. So like it's it's scary almost when you think about it because they don't know and it's like keep eating this and this and this and it's just polluting their bodies right and these yeah. little kids don't know and I mean I mean you know my family was the same you know the same way most of the women are vegan now but I come from Saskatchewan right I don't know if you know where that is in Canada but it's like it's meat country right it's like you know, yeah you yeah <laughs> okay yeah it's right yeah it's me it's you know meat right um you know it's you know a lot of the guys you know they still you know they hunt and you know do all that stuff right it's just in the culture right but um you know i remember you know i you know the the staple was you would you would go to mcdonald's after hockey games right? <laughs> that was just a normal thing yeah, yeah. Right? for sure well you know yeah. we can change anything <laughs> 100%. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally, right? So did you guys know that there's, there's a, and this is, you know, I'm not talking healthy food here, but we're kind of going back to the just vegan living, but there's a franchise, there's a few of them now, six of them. One's called Odd Burger. Have you heard of that one? And they're, yeah, they're like, about it online. Yeah, for yeah sure. they're like a fast, fast food taken on McDonald's, right? right. Full fast food. And wow. I've talked to them a few times up there and they have 20 locations now and they're expanding to 70 now. Wow. That's, that's a quantum leap. <laughs> which shows the demand in the market. Yeah. So like whoever would have thought that you would open a fast food vegan beside McDonald's I, like burgers and be able to take them on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I, I think in Boston, there's a sports bar, a vegan sports bar opened up. Oh, so it's like, it, it's, yeah. They're just doing it. The largest, that's, um, what's their names? I know, oh, shit, I know the, the chef, the famous chef out of there. Um, they have another location too. Ah, they, great. Yeah, that's their second location across from Fenway Park. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the largest vegan sports bar in the world. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I can't wait to go. <laughs> yeah, me too. They were supposed to, they did, a, they have another vegan concept similar to that. It's called, uh, it's, it's like serving beer and stuff with the vegan concept. I just forget the na name of it, but they were actually going to open that in another city too and make it the biggest one and do Boston. But when COVID hit, they had to pivot. So yeah. they did it small. They did it smaller at their other location because of COVID. So, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, it's an important characteristic of an entrepreneur is to be flexible, right? 
to be open-minded and to listen, you know, to be open-eared and to see, you know, what's out there and to listen to what the needs are and what's happening and then to be able to respond quickly in the right way. And so, you know, again, we would bring it back down to, well, to make those decisions, to be maximally creative, to be available and open to make the connections that you need to make, you know, optimal health and well-being certainly is going to help that out. So true. Awesome. Well, we, we could talk forever. You could tell that. That's <laughs> I love it. So where can they all find you guys at uh, websites, social media, anything like that? Your Vegan Family is our handle throughout social media and our website, yourveganfamily.com. I love that. When did you guys get that URL, Your Vegan Family? Did you guys have that for a while? A few years back. Yeah, I would have been... A I would have thought that would have been in a high demand one now to get you into I, Yeah, things have changed a lot. <laughs> you know, it took us a little while to land on what we really wanted to do um, in terms of a plant-based diet. But yes, your vegan family is the basis of it. And, um, you know, if people come onto our website and actually maybe we can give you a URL to post under the podcast, but we have a little... Um, high performance recipe book it has a breakfast lunch and dinner in there and talks about what makes it a high performance recipe so it's a bit of that education about um eating a plant-based diet that can fuel you generate a lot of energy for you that's cool so everybody should go get that book go check <laughs> them out you need Thank you. help Thank taking you. your performance to the next level and eating clean they're the ones to do yeah. it check them out make sure you do it Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, we're launching our next six week program pretty soon. Our burn bright, not out. So we're cruising along. We'll keep launching that one for people to get a good taste of what it, <laughs> no pun intended, a good taste of what it can be <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to function at that high level. And we're just super grateful for you and uh, make the connection and to be kindred spirits, really, to be brethren and brothers and sisters here and trying to make a trying to make a difference as quickly as possible because now is the time to do it. And the more that we make these types of connections and the more that we support each other in being successful, well, everybody benefits. We come back down to what's the definition of success and it's when everybody wins. Yeah, so I thank, agree. You, thank you for all of your super important work and your kind, open-hearted, compassionate nature. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for the kind words and, and you guys too. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep changing the world. Keep getting the word out there. You guys are role models, you know, especially with the kids. I mean, you don't see that very much, to be honest, you know. So I think that's an important part of your guys' story. I think that is what's going to change a lot of people. And I think, uh, you know, as much as maybe you don't see it, but people step back and, you know, we'll talk and stuff. I mean, most people that have come around me, my close friends and acquaintances, a lot of them are vegan now, and I've never told them to be. Right. They're just like, wow, Shane has so much energy, he gets up at 4 a.m. every day, <laughs> 11 o'clock at night, and he's still like hammering things out. It's nuts. Right. You know? right? And so they're like, ah, I better try this stuff that he's doing now. <laughs> uh, keep shining, Shane. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, you guys. Okay, we'll follow up. We'll send you over some clips. Thank you so much. And I'll definitely keep in touch with you guys. We'll talk more because we definitely have good car, good connection with each other. Yeah, we'd love to yeah. do it. Any way we can help you and all the rest of it, you know, we're super available. We'll kick you off all of our personal information, mobile numbers, and things to connect with us as well. Sounds good. Let's stay in touch. Never anything at all. Yep. Okay, take care, guys. Enjoy your all day, right, Shane. You Thanks too. so much, buddy. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.